Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Romans 8, 18 through 39. It's hard to put into words just how special today's passage is to me. Now, don't get me wrong. There is not a day that goes by as we go through revival from the Bible together that I am not profoundly blessed by God's word. God's word is a treasure. And all throughout God's word, we will see great things about God. The law of the Lord is wonderful. But this particular passage, I don't know if I can think of any stretch of scripture that has had more of a profound impact on my own life than the back half of Romans 8. And I'm so excited for us uh, to read through that today, but I could preach a whole sermon series through this. Oh, wait, I have. Uh, just from even Romans 8, 18 through 39, even back in the early days of, of COVID, when we were still doing some online stuff, we took a break from the Gospel of John in those weird times we were going through just to spend some time being encouraged from Romans 8. And we called the series An Invincible Faith. And I chose that word very intentionally, the idea of invincibility. Now, I don't mean by that that in any way we should be arrogant or we should be cocky. No, there's no place for that in the Christian life. But when you read the truths of the second half of Romans 8, I truly believe you cannot help but feel a sense of invincibility, a sense of no matter what happens, we are going to win because God is with us. It should give the Christian an incredible confidence, the truth that we read. And so let's walk through this passage together, and I hope it encourages you. And I would even encourage you, if there's a passage of Scripture worth memorizing, that Romans 8, 18 through 39 may just be that for you. And these are good verses to store up because especially these are are great thoughts for hard situations in life. And even that idea of invincibility doesn't come in the midst of, oh man, my life is just great and I just bounce from victory to victory. No, when life is hard, I still have that sense of invincibility because of the incredible promises that I have in this passage, whether it's the big picture of what God's doing in the world or whether it's the more zoomed in picture of what God is doing in my life. And it kind of starts with that big picture in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Isn't that good news in hard times? And I love that the Bible doesn't try to minimize the the trials we face. It doesn't say, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time aren't that big of a deal, guys. Get over it. No, he says they're not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So 
the things we experience right now are hard. They are bad, but they are not as far on the bad scale as the glory we will experience is on the glory scale. And he goes on to describe what God is doing is he's going to restore all of creation. And right now, creation is groaning. Um, the creation is groaning, longing. It's groaning like um, it says a woman in labor. That's intense. And that's what creation is ex- is experiencing because it's longing for something better. There will be there will come a day when creation is not under the effects of the curse anymore, when all is right in the world. And there's no more hurricanes, no more floods, no more disasters. Everything will work as it ought to be. And we ourselves, it says, even groan. So that's where, again, no matter what your take is on chapter 7, there is a place for sanctified groaning in the Christian life because the world is not what it should be and it's not what it will be because someday this end will come. Now, we don't see that right now. And it says, for in this hope, we are saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So again, what's the big picture? God is going to restore all of creation. And no matter how bad it is now, I look forward to the day when it will all be right and it will all be glorious and nothing can stop that from happening. Now, we get some encouragement in the meantime in the next couple verses about prayer. And it tells us we have a partner in prayer in the Holy Spirit. And it tells us what our prayer problem is. And it says right there, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And it goes on to say he intercedes for us according to the will of God. And we've talked about that in prayer, that there are times where you don't know what the will of God is. And so maybe you'll even say things like, God, if this is your will or not my will, but your will be done. Well, the Spirit doesn't have that problem of uncertainty as to what the will of God is. The Spirit knows what the will of God is because the Spirit is God. And so he prays for us according to the will of God. What an encouragement that is. Your prayers are not wasted time. Your prayers aren't worthless because you have the Holy Spirit there interceding for you. That is an encouraging thought. And then if we think from the big picture of what God is doing in the world down to the more zoomed in picture of what is God doing in your life, we get to that precious promise of Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, what a precious promise that is. All things, all things things are working together for good. Again, do you see why invincibility might be a good word? Because literally nothing can happen in your life that God will not use for good. Stop. Think about that. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that you will not experience anything today? Anything today? 
that God is not going to use for your good. That's what the Bible teaches. Now, of course, we have to ask the question, well, what is that good then? And verse 29, I think, helps explain that. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. God is going to use all things in your life for good, and that good ultimately is to make you more like Jesus. And if you're a Christian, that's what you should want more than anything. And if that's not what you want more than anything, then you've got some idols in your life that you need to deal with. Because what we should want, and I think of uh, Philippians 3, and I think of what Paul longs for one thing. I'm putting everything else behind me and I'm straining towards this one thing that lies ahead and I press on toward the goal, right? That's what I want more than anything. Well, that's where this promise becomes such a comfort. If your desire is to truly be like Christ, God is using everything in your life to that end. What a glorious thing that is. And that should be your hope and your comfort. And no matter what happens, God is going to use it for good. I remember once hearing uh, Sinclair Ferguson preach on this passage, and he said, if God loves you, he will move heaven and earth to make you more like Jesus. And what we need to understand is God moving heaven and earth won't always be an, enjoy, uh, an enjoyable experience at the surface level. But what, what God is doing is making you more like Christ. And when you think that, nothing is going to happen to me today that is outside of God's plan to make me more like Jesus. You start to have a mindset of invincibility, which is what Paul gets to in verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? What an amazing statement of confidence and triumph. If God is for us, who can be against us? Because he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He's arguing there from the greater to the lesser. God's already given us the biggest thing, his son. How is he not then going to give us the little things that we need along the way? And again, I think, what, what, do we, what does it mean when it says God's going to graciously give us all things? Well, I think that's a reference back to verse 28. He's going to use all things for our good to make us like Jesus Christ. And also, we have assurance in that. When we get to verse 33, who shall bring any charge against God, God's elected is God who justifies. This should really speak even to our assurance Think of the hymn, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin, right? That's what's going on in verse 33 and 34. Satan, he's tempting me to despair. He's doing what Satan does. He's the accuser of the brothers. But no, I'm looking at Christ. He's the one who intercedes for me at the right hand of God. And again, this invincibility does not mean the circumstances will always be good or always be easy. I mean, look at verses 35 and 36. No, there's going to be all kinds of 
trouble that could come along the way. So much so that he quotes the Old Testament saying, for your name's sake, we are being killed all the day long. There's persecution here. And then there's distress, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. There's all kinds of bad things happening. But it's in the midst of that, that verse 37, they are more than conquerors. And how are they more than conquerors? Through him who loved us, because nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I don't know what you got going on today. And I don't know whether today is going to be a a good day, an enjoyable day, or today is going to be a heavy day, a hard day. But no matter what the circumstances, look at the truths of this passage and think of the confidence that it should give you. If God is for us and he is, then who can be against us? And God will use all things for the good of making us like Christ. That's the zoomed in picture of what he's doing. And then the big picture is he's going to restore everything. He's going to restore everything. And the glory of that day is so beyond even comparing to the hardships we may experience now. So I hope you are encouraged as I have been encouraged time after time, year after year by this passage and that this helps to give you an invincible faith. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.